Welcome to How About Them. When your team has a breakthrough win, we're here to give you a deep dive analysis. We're just as pumped as you are that your team has just won. So let's bask in the glory of the victory. How about them Brisbane Lions? They slayed their demons last night. Ollie, who's your player of the game? I've given the player of the game to Eric Hipwood. So Hipwood kicked four goals, had two score assists, 10 score involvements, 17 disposals, six marks, two of them contested. Huge game from Hipwood, especially considering that his partner in crime, Joe Danaher, was a late out. Now, what I thought Hipwood did really well was he kept the defenders honest. So when we think about the Melbourne defence, you know, your Lever, May, and even Petty, they like to peel off their man and take marks. Whereas I think Hipwood, with the game that he played, ensured that they had to give him respect. And he was in the 10 score involvements. He just had his hand in every one of Brisbane's goals, uh, including that last goal assist to um, Charlie Cameron. Oh, yeah. Which is huge. I'm going to give it to Eric Hipwood. He landed like a cat, didn't he, before yeah. that one? Yeah, against so Lever. Skipped away from Lever. He was so integral to um, the evolution of their ball movement across the game. He, he was the connection between Rich and Coleman and their forwards. Um, and their forward line, he was so brilliant. I've got, wow, I think Hipwood's a great call. I yep. thought this was a really tough game, and I do think Hipwood, his overall involvement was probably the best. Neil's game was amazing. You know, I always try and be hipster and sort of not, <laughs> not say that it's Neil, but he's just awesome. He's yep. got really clean hands, can meet the ball at pace because his hands are so sticky and... It must be a very comforting feeling if you're in traffic and Lockie Neal has the ball because you feel like he's going to find you. You can stay in your position. Uh, he'll get it to you yeah. and release you. And so much of their game down down the track was navigating chaos and traffic, and I don't think they can do that without Neil. So he was brilliant. Who, who else is in your best? Oh, yeah, no, no. So Neil? just with Neil, there's a few... He did have 10 clearances in the game, and I think... You know, the clearance work that Brisbane brought really helped win the game. So early early days, it was all about Melbourne clearances, and I think that's why they got the jump. Yep. Whereas then Neil worked into the games. He got pretty close attention. Yep. Uh, he worked into the game, had those 10 clearances, and there was a few times where he picked the ball up at pace, as you said, and he was falling over, mm-hmm. and he still managed to get, give a handball to advantage to one of his teammates. Oh, it was gorgeous. There was one play on the wing where he got it to Barry. It didn't amount to anything in the end, but it, was the, it oh. encapsulates his game perfectly. Yeah. Who else is in your best? Uh, Daniel Rich. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, when when Brisbane were mo- uh, bringing the ball back onto their terms, uh, there was a lot of great overlap running and handball receiving, and I think Daniel Rich was the star player in that regards. So whenever Daniel Rich has the ball, he's such a beautiful striker of the ball and he's a good decision maker that good things happen. And I think there was a real directive from Fagan to get that ball moving through the likes of Rich, Coleman and Wilmot. So yeah, Daniel Rich, a lot of their thrust forward from the defensive half came through him. He had 25 kicks. So when Daniel Rich is kicking the ball 25 times, you know good things are happening. Yep. Uh, Especially if he's streaming forward, not just kicks like side to side. Uh, and that he had nine rebound 50s. So I thought he was really integral in the stylistic change that Brisbane implemented from the second uh, from the second quarter, I'm going to say. Yep. Uh, and then just got the ball a lot, and he was integral. 
Yeah, I think a good example of that is a passage they had that led up to the Charlie Cameron um, leg break bounce goal off the um, left foot snap where it was a rich handball received from uh, Berry and he hit Hipwood with an absolute laser. Hipwood got it quickly to Cameron. And when you think about how their style was, it, it very much started with Rich and it in the middle there was Hipwood yeah. and then it was Cameron. That felt yeah. like the tail of the game. Yeah, they knew what they were doing for sure. Um, anyone else in your best? Uh, so I've also got Jared Berry. Yep. So Jared Berry, pretty quiet in the first half. Like he was busy, but in the second half, he got the job on Clayton Oliver mm-hmm. and I thought he went head to head and maybe even slightly ahead of Clayton Oliver. So Clayton Oliver is, as we know, an irresistible player. He's an absolute machine. Uh, really tough, will always get his 30 disposals. Uh, and there's a few times I think Jared Berry, we are talking about it uh, before before we came on, that he physically dominated uh, Clayton Oliver. He did, yeah. He he'd sort of ragdolled him, pushed him aside a few times. He, was, he, he changed the game and it was probably so. the coaching move of the game, wasn't it? Putting I think him so. in at halftime. Yeah, that helped even things up. Um I've got McCluggage as well, I think. He was prolific, he was. excellent with the ball. And he's sort of that um, midway point between you've got Rich and Coleman who are distributing off, off the back line, but McCluggage that gets a lot of back half distribution as well. And he's so damn clean. Plenty in the forward line as well, kicked an important goal. He's an amazing player to watch. Yeah, so just to go on top of that, he did have eight score involvements. Wow. And seven inf- inside 50s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a few times where he'd get the ball and he'd just, he, like, he's a bit of a wheeler and dealer. Like, yep. he's got a really nice turning circle. He he turns the turns fine space and just hits targets. Yeah. It was absolutely excellent. Anyone else in your best? Uh, so they would be my best players. Do you have anyone else? I didn't know where else to fit Stasevic into our conversation. So I'm going to say Stasevic was... Um, a, very good on the night. He, When you look at the goals that Pickett kicked, they were like a quarter chances, 10% chances, and Sarsovic was excellent. Had a really big play in a ground ball, uh, late defensive ground ball, which is, you know, his bread and butter. Um, and he had a beautiful kick to McStay uh, leading up to a Hipwood goal where McStay spotted up Hipwood in between oh, yeah. three demons. That came off a Stasevich kick. So, yeah, I've had my eye on him the last few weeks. He did a good job last week on Shea down the um, stretch and did a really good job on Pickett, I thought. So, yeah, excellent game. There's probably a lot of defenders that maybe will come up in later categories. I think so. Yeah. Tell me about the style of the game and how it played out across the four quarters. Yeah, this was a really interesting game. I don't think... So the first week of finals was all about that intense finals pressure, whereas I thought that this was a really good game, but that pressure wasn't the same as the previous week, but still a really good game. I think early days, as we saw, Melbourne absolutely blitzed. Um, blitzed Brisbane. I think they kicked the first three goals and looked to be on top. Really beautiful clearance work, and their transition from defence, an intercept, uh, intercept mark into offence really quickly caught Brisbane off guard, and then... Brisbane slowly started to work into the game uh, at the end of the first quarter. And even in the second quarter, despite Melbourne kicking more goals, I thought it was a pretty even arm wrestle. Yep. Um, Yep. And then in the third and the fourth, uh, Brisbane started to get a 
uh, started to even the clearance work. But what I want to mention about Brisbane is I think that they took away Melbourne's strengths really well. Mm-hmm. So when we think about Melbourne, what are some of the strengths of, of Melbourne's game, you reckon? Intercept possessions is the first that comes yeah. to mind. So the way that this was neutralised was in the first quarter, Melbourne, uh, Brisbane were playing quite a slow, methodical game. And that, that plays into Bris- uh, Melbourne's back line. Yep. So how many, like Stephen May last week had 23 intercept possessions. Which unbelievable. is unbelievable. And he still had a few this game, but he, his impact wasn't as noteworthy because Brisbane started to move the ball forward. forward. Mm-hmm. That intercept, that uh, the handball received, and quick quick ball movement from the likes of Daniel Rich didn't allow Brisbane to uh, Melbourne to set up their defence, which is where a lot of their offence is generated from. Yep, agree. McStay did so well, e- evening Stay. and sometimes beating direct out marks on Stephen May. Stephen. It was excellent. Yep. And Hipwood... Yeah, he had Lever on him a lot of the night um, and did a brilliant job, absolutely brilliant job. Kept him more than honest. Yeah. And, and the other thing uh, was I don't think in the third and fourth quarters, Melbourne had a lot of space on uh, moving forward. So as we were talking about, when Melbourne are at their best, they're intercepting the ball and the likes of Langdon are pushing up the wing and they've just got so much space and then they can, can kick it to the a pretty open forward line because Melbourne forwards lead really smart, like the likes of Fritch, Sparrow, Spargo. They're really smart leaders, uh, leaders to the ball. But I felt a lot of the Melbourne forwards were having to push up quite quite a long way in order to get the ball. Yep. So the likes of Ben Brown, how many... I, I can't remember many Ben Brown possessions in the forward half. Yeah. The same as Bailey Fritch. Yep, yep. You're, you're 100% right. So much of their spot-up leading game, Brown and Fritch, which is... They're their two biggest goal kickers, I'm pretty sure. That comes a lot of the time from crisp rebound, and yeah. Brisbane took that away as the game went on. Did you think that as their belief built up in their ability to score and get Melbourne out the back, that that helped? Yeah, I, for sure. I, there was a, a stat that Charlie Cameron hadn't kicked a goal on Hibbard this year, mm-hmm. and he broke that broke that uh, that record. And I think. As the game went on and they weren't being blown away as they were in the last game, there was this real sense that, yes, we can win. We don't have to be physically... We don't have to be trying to bully Melbourne. We can just beat them by playing football. And I, th- I thought that, that rang true. So really uh, well done to Chris Fagan for, for yeah. approaching them. How about yourself? Well, their last few contests, Brisbane has seemed a little dispirited by the end of the contest. Like Melbourne have had the ability to really grind them down... They, like you said, they're kind of good at their transition defense. They're good at stopping that slower Brisbane methodical transition. So by going fast, that worked this week. But they didn't go fast historically because they'd be getting beaten in the contest all around the ground. Yeah, and that changed in this game. And I don't know what it took. I don't know if it took Charlie Cameron getting out isolated onto Hibbert in space. And it, geez, he's so efficient at. You know, he doesn't have to have much space on his opponent out in that paddock. He does so much damage, and Hipwood's pretty similar. So yeah. they managed to create space behind Hipwood and Cameron and attack it. It was excellent to see, and, and they they just believed that they could go quick. They, they, they thought they could win the contest, and yeah, credit to the whole club because this was a big challenge. It was, and did you want to uh, mention... Brisbane's defence, specifically their ground ball defence, right? 
Yeah, oh, I mean, I'd say all of their defence. Uh, the, the ground ball defence, definitely, they were really good at tackling off good roving. Yeah. There was some really good roving by um, very often Pickett. Yeah. And I remember Gardner jumping Pickett one day. Uh, uh, no, Gardner getting Fritch and um, Harris Andrews getting Pickett. Yeah. So that's a really good example that they were trusting their defence as well. Yeah. They, I mean, their aerial defence is really good anyway. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it did feel like that Melbourne's avenue to goal were just kicks off, off, the, off marks and off the pack. Just yeah, sort yep. of flying kicks without that... Myth- Dumb without, kicks. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, Brayshaw's goal was awesome. Yep. But there wasn't a lot of, like, methodology, apart from maybe, like, Petty's goal at the end, which was, like, what a mark, what yeah, a goal. Yeah, absolutely great uh, mark, But a lot yep. of just, like, flying kicks. So, that, you know, Melbourne did kick 11-13 yep. in the end. and But a lot of those 13 behinds were pretty hard, hard shots. Yeah, they were throwing it on the boot in yeah. packs um, where... You know, it's a credit to Brisbane that they didn't give them those clean looks. And up the other end, Brisbane had a methodology. And I think they have ground ball players that are really, really damaging. People like Bailey that across a game can slide behind you and do that last goal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was incredible. Well, we'll we'll be talking about that goal. (laughs) Who was your young player of the game? I'm going to give it to Coleman. So Coleman was part of that stylistic change where Brisbane were streaming the ball forward and moving the ball fa- uh, faster because he's got such a lovely boot on him. Uh, so, yeah, he, he was really important when the ball was moving forward, but his defensive work was really, really good as well. He had a few really important smothers in the first quarter, saving certain goals, some really good tackles. So I'm going to give it to Coleman. Yeah, he's, he's an underrated defender and he's quite courageous as well. He's willing to go back with the flight, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he was excellent. Uh, definitely a very good Robin to Rich in this game. Yeah, I think so. How about yourself? I think Payne was excellent, just rock solid, lots yeah. of fists. He was very unlucky because he kept fisting the ball directly <laughs> to Cozzy Pickett. But he he's excellent. I, I really like Payne. And um, the other one who, he's a star, but he is young, is Bailey kicked the two goals in the last quarter. And I, he's a really fun guy to watch. Yeah, yeah, we oh, we keep holding off talking about that goal. We sh- should we just get it out of the way? The the goal of the game is it? Is it? Well, is it your goal of the game? Uh, it's up there. It's up there. But yeah. my I've got three goals that stand out to mine. Uh, Charlie's last goal, so Hipwood's win in, on the center wing against Lever, and then he takes a few marks and then just kicks the ball inside fifty, and then Charlie's running full pace and marks the ball on the boundary cleanly. Yeah. So amazing if, team goal. Amazing it? team goal. And if Charlie hadn't been as clean, that would have been a throw-in. Yep. And then he just just kicked the goal. Yep. Classic. Classic. <laughs> uh, the second one was the Bailey goal. So do you want to talk about that Bailey burner goal? Yeah. Well, and it was probably the sealer, even though there was a last hurrah from Melbourne. He he put the burners on and burnt off Jake Lever. And I just reckon they're great goals to see. Um they're great goals to watch because you really see foot speed on show. Yeah. Uh, but that goal is also a symbol of Brisbane being able to get you out the back and they can be very slippery, you know. that's That would be very challenging across a game to defend and Melbourne aren't used to defending it because they've had some lopsided victories against Brisbane lately. Yeah. But yep. that's what this is what most teams in the competition have to contend with when they're playing against Brisbane is they just get you out the back with speed and skill. 
Yeah. And that Bailey goal was a really good example of it. A- any other good goals of the game for you? Yeah, I really liked the McCluggage goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that Eric Hipwood handballed McCluggage the ball who was streaming forward mm-hmm. and he was running full pace. He had a defender on him and he kicked the ball from the 50-metre line yep. and it just sailed through. Yep. That was... Awesome team sequence as well. It was a McCarthy release handball to Rich, who had very sticky hands and really signified how good Rich was. He he was really poised, and he received it from McCarthy, kicked it to Hipwood, who got it to McCluggage. It was an amazing team goal as well. And he had nothing on McCluggage, so he had to kick that goal. Yeah, and I think... Running at full pace and kicking a goal from outside 50 just shows how good McCluggage is. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any goals? Any more goals? Uh, the the Cameron bounce, that was another great sequence. I mentioned yeah. it before where it was a handball received to Rich from Barry to Hipwood and Cameron beat pretty much two guys. Um, I think it bounced for him, um, for him to receive it, but... We say this all the time. We, we, the reason we didn't put Cameron in the best is like uh, people only Charlie Cameron kicks the goals that Charlie Cameron kicks, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's so important. They might not win without having someone who can take half chances and and make the game look like that. But yeah. Well, I think this game was ama- had some amazing half chances that, were, that became goals. Yeah. Uh, on both sides, I think, you know, the two names that come to mind, Charlie Cameron and Kasai Pickett. Yeah. And yeah, how blessed are we to be able to watch a really high elite game and then special players just producing something from nothing. Yeah, and having good defenders on them, doing good jobs that yeah. just can't really, still can't stop them because yeah. they're so so efficient. So where the game is in a good spot right now. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Who was your unheralded player of the game? So maybe it could be a bit harsh to say unheralded, but I'm going to go with Daniel McStay. Mm-hmm. So Daniel McStay plays an important like role, being that a, a connect between defense and offense, and some of his uh, leading kicks were oh, yeah. unreal, mm-hmm. yep. unreal. And then he kicked two goals, yep. uh, and then the the sealer, so that he Lever was. Had a bit of a brain fade where he had was caught holding the ball, and McSay had a pretty tough shot from the boundary, and then for whatever reason, Lever didn't want to give the ball back, and they just let McSay kick the sealer. Yeah, so that was just more of a cream, um, you know, the icing on the cake rather than than his good work. But I thought, yeah, Daniel McSay, really special player. Mm-hmm. Um, he outmarks uh, May a few times, and whenever you see that, um, you. Kind of, well, we bow down to you, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was excellent. He was. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, that kick that he had to Hipwood in between three guys. Oof. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Who, who do you have? Well, my guy's more unheralded than that. It's Fort. You could almost package Fort and Fullerton um, just for getting enough done, you know, in uh, without the big O. I just think, obviously, Fort kicked that really nice goal. Yeah. Uh, his second half was better than his first, made made the contest look a lot more even, and so he's truly unheralded, yeah. Yeah, I'll, with the Brisbane Rucks, I would argue that it wasn't so much what they did, but mm-hmm. what they stopped Melbourne from being able to do. Yes. Yeah. So Max Gorn and Luke Jackson are the best Ruck duo in the league, and 
early days, Luke Jackson had a few players where you're just like, this kid is unreal. Mm-hmm. But from there, they like they had a few like Gorn had a few marks, had a few um, big hitouts. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they had the impact that you would have wanted from them. Yep. And credit to the Brisbane team because they're two, you know, fought. They're not big names. And yep. They definitely evened up the contest. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think um, obviously I think they'll bring the big O in when yep. he comes back, but it's just such a credit to Fort. Yeah, I think may- maybe put uh, Fort up forward because he's got plugger like set shot capabilities. <laughs> Doesn't miss. 15 1? 15 1, 5 and 0 or 6 and 0 for this year. Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I do have another unheralded guy, yep. which is Gardner. Darcy. Yeah, excellent. He is such body to body. There's not many players in the AFL I trust more in a contest. And Fitch is a, Fritch is a really tough matchup. Fritch is a very, very good player. A very good player. Very good and player. He, he can get you out on the lead. He can uh, rove the odd pack and snap a goal. And so Gardner did really well, and it was signified by you know him him really sweating on Fritch. Uh, uh, he was excellent. Yeah, yep. And what did you make of Zorko's game? Oh, brilliant! I thought it was really good. He's really good at taking grass. He had a really important center clearance at the end of the second quarter, which led to the Archie goal. Which you could argue they don't win the game if they don't get that snag that one. Yeah. going into halftime. Yeah. And that's classic Zorko. He's quite agile. He can he can take a few meters by foot before um, when most other players can't. He's really agile. So really liked him. What about you? Yeah, I I just remembered something else that McStay did really well at the end of the third quarter. He caught a Melbourne defender holding the ball, I believe, mm-hmm. and then Hipwood had the play on and then snapped that goal. Yeah, as that's well. Right. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to. To McStay again. If That's he, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> we'll stay on McStay. The Archie goal. There was a McStay halved that contest with May and laid the shepherd so Archie could yeah. kick it. So we're talking about Zorko, but yeah. let's go back uh, to McStay. McStay yeah. <laughs> and maybe McStay goes from unheralded to in the best. Yeah, yeah. He probably and, does, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, and to be fair too, Zorko had a very good game, so. Yeah. And... Oh. I really liked uh, Harris Andrews' game. That's two really good games in a row from Harris Andrews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I thought, he, like, he he's the main defender. He's, like, the main name in that, the Brisbane defence. And aerially, the Melbourne Melbourne forwards, tall forwards, didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah, he he's excellent at protecting the air. Like we said before, was also good at... Ground playing, level. Yeah, ground level. The, fo- the follow-up tackle, which is what you want to see from your key defender and a good sign of the form coming coming along. Um, he had a spoil on Jackson when the score was 25 to 9 and Jackson had the sit. And, and he came from nowhere? Yeah, he came yeah. from nowhere and managed to get it. Oh, well, this isn't the super spoil. Oh, okay, yeah. This is, this is just one of those gentle... Harris Andrews is really good at... He'll kind of slide his arm along his opponents so he might not get fist to ball but it doesn't look like an arm chop or something. It's a really good professional defense that he does really well. It's a really good game. Yeah, he's he's. I've got a bit more to say about him in later categories, to be honest. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. To, I'm going to keep you in suspense. What is your one percenter of the game? There's a lot, I reckon. There's a lot of one percenters. Uh, early days... 
Uh, Melbourne had a spoil and they had a kick for goal and Coleman smothered the, a certain goal mm-hmm. early. And so Melbourne had ki- already had kicked the three early goals. So going down four early goals would have been a very, you know, is a monumental task. So I think that Coleman smother at the end of the game, he had a few really good tackles as well. Mm-hmm. That, that smother stands out to me. When was that? First quarter. First quarter, yeah. So that would have been one of those ones that I thought Melbourne was going to win, so I like didn't file it <laughs> because of the state of the game yeah, at that point. Yeah. How about yeah. yourself? I'm going to go with the monster fist from Rainer cutting yeah. across from a Fritsch inboard kick in the last quarter. Yeah, I think on Salem. Yeah, on Salem. And it was a huge fist. It went about 25 metres out of bounds and it didn't look like he was going to be able to do it. So it showed desperation. Rainer is a really talented player who I really rate that didn't have a very prolific game, but great for him to when when... It was hot. He came in and had this play of desperation with a huge one. Yeah. There was a few important spoils. The Harris Andrews super spoil. Do you want to talk about about (laughs) that? Yeah. I I have a feeling it would have knocked someone out in the crowd. (laughs) Condolences to whoever. (laughs) Josh Gibson-like, I reckon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, uh, 40 metres? 40 metres airborne? Yeah, I think. And then the commentators were talking about it being spud-like. Yep. But the difference between Spud and Andrews was Andrews didn't touch the player, whereas Spud would have cleaned the player up as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had two other spoilers. Daniel Rich had a really good spoil on Jack Finey. Oh, yeah. So Rich sort of came out of nowhere, and Finey had the sit. It was a pretty good kick as well. Yep. And then Rich just came out of nowhere and um, just spoiled the ball. And another one in the first quarter I had, so maybe you weren't paying attention because we knew what the – or we thought we knew what the – result of the game um, was going to be. But did Charlie Cameron spoil on Max Gorn? Wow, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the commentator said, oh, maybe uh, Charlie Cameron got a bit lucky with that with the arm chop. But Charlie Cameron spoiling Max Gorn in the first quarter <laughs> is pretty pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Ch- Charlie and Coleman are pretty good at defending up. They're, they both have hops, so they can yeah. spoil. Because Coleman did it. On Ben Brown as well. Like on the rich one, going back to spoil Viney, such an important time of the game. It probably yeah. does, you know, it gives him a pretty good BOG case. Yeah. Because that's Fritch kicking inside 50 to a pretty open 50 and it wasn't a pressured kick. You're normally pooing your pants when that's happening yeah, at you that are. time in the game. And so Rich held his nerve and got across, smothered it really well. Yeah. Any, any other one percenters for you? Uh, and I, I've got in my notes a. Uh, Wilmot did an important tackle late. Yes, on Spargo. Yeah. Pinged him. Pinged him. Very good tackle. Yeah. Yep. Do you have anything else? I mentioned before that Payne kept punching it and it getting <laughs> directly <laughs> roved at full pace by Pickett, the poor guy. Uh, the other one is um, inside a, a minute to go or something like, maybe a minute 40, Jack Viney's kicking inside 50, you know, and... Melbourne were making a run. They were only seven points down. And McCluggage actually spoiled it before the ball broke out and they got it forward for the next day goal. So it was a good McCluggage spoil. Very critical. Yeah, critical. Who brought the good vibes? Uh, it was good vibes Charlie. So mm-hmm. Charlie, you know, breaking his hoodoo against Hibbard was, was important. But every time he got the ball or he kicked a goal, it just lifts the team. Mm-hmm. With his uh, Harley Davidson motorbike celebration, 
Yeah. Uh, and then... Electric scooter? No, no it's definitely a <laughs> Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah, and he, his, his spirit just lifts the team. Um, you know, without him, I don't think they win. Yes. Um, and I think in the last five seconds, we could see him with his hands up already celebrating. Yeah. But then he led for the ball, but he was already celebrating. Yeah. So Charlie Cameron brought the good vibes, man. Great to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's so true. Um, Do you have anyone? I'm gonna, I want to talk about Harris Andrews a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that I think the effect it has, the energetic effect it has when your sort of star key defender plays the way he did and it was ground ball in the air, excellent game from Harris Andrews. And when it's a big guy like that controlling the back line like I felt like he did, that brings good vibes to your teammates. That yeah. I think the Brisbane defenders fed off that. So. Yeah. And maybe second week in a row, we can also talk about the Brisbane crowd. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so this was a Melbourne home game, an interstate a state game for, for Brisbane, but they had a really strong yep. uh, showing in the crowd. Yep. They, they were they loud, were. just as loud as the Melbourne counterparts. Yeah, absolutely. Probably louder, to be yeah. honest. I felt like the Melbourne crowd were reasonably nervous. Um, they, they, they sensed what was coming and they missed a few goals early. Yep. And the Brisbane crowd got on the hunt yeah. If a crowd can get on the hunt. Yeah, no. Yeah, shout was, out to the Brisbane crowd. They would have had a great night last night. Um, well, uh, we have to mention the Chris Fagan smile because yeah. I think that's going to become a permanent. Whenever Brisbane win, Chris Fagan's uh, delightful smile yeah. at the end of the game. Just It's warm is what it is. Yeah. It makes you and, feel warm. And there was, a, there was a moment at the end of the game where he was just standing there with his clipboard and it just screamed proud father moment as well <laughs> exactly exactly i've got another one another smile yeah mcstay mcstay after he kicked the last goal of the game yeah really nice smile yeah he smiled to the crowd um <laughs> and just going back to chris fagan as well so jared berry was interviewed um post game because of his great game he played on oliver and he was talking about um fagan coming up to him in the halftime and saying this is your role and then Barry's like, of course, I'll do anything for that man. Wow. That's, yeah, that makes me feel warm inside. Yeah, that makes you smile like Chris Fagan, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> if only I could smile like Chris Fagan. <laughs> Ollie, what does this game mean? This is a huge victory for Brisbane. Two finals victories in a row, including one against their bogey team in a stadium they do not like playing in mm-hmm. at the MCG. So they're going to go into this game against Geelong full of confidence and saying, hey, we've already beat Richmond, we've already beat Melbourne, we can beat Geelong. They've slayed their biggest demon. I think so. Yeah, Melbourne were the nightmare matchup. They were. They managed to do so. I held back last week on this segment for what does this mean for Brisbane and it's because I felt concerned about how they would confront a team like Melbourne and, and, yeah. and what their games against Melbourne in the past had had. had Gleamed from them. Yeah, I think, you know, that last game a few weeks ago, Brisbane were trying to play a really physical game yep. instead of playing football. They tried to play a physical game and they put that away and they just played really strong football mm-hmm. without trying to be the tough guys. Yep. They have the artillery to beat anyone. They've slayed yeah. the biggest demon. They, they're going to be... They, when you look at the Geelong back line, it's a great intercepting back line like Melbourne. So this is a good rehearsal for yeah. how they'll play against them. Geelong do have a pretty good ground defence. Yes. Uh, ground defence, but Charlie Cameron, mm, yeah. Zach Bailey, 
Um, yeah, and Hipwood to some extent. And, and Lincoln McCarthy yeah. as well. It didn't Again, not his most prolific game, but you can't, can't ever count him out. Yeah, and, and Melbourne, the midfield, really trouble. Just the, the sheer size does trouble Brisbane. Yeah. And they've managed to get on top of that or even that up. I yeah. don't think that's quite the same issue against Geelong for yeah. Brisbane. What do you reckon of that? Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Like, Geelong have a super midfield mm-hmm. uh, with the likes of you know, Selwood and Dangerfield, obviously the stalwarts, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, Mitch Duncan and Guthrie. Are, you know, they've been around for a long time and they've played at a high level for a long time. They've got a lot of finals experience, yep. but they probably don't have that same like size and aura that the Melbourne midfield have would have had over Brisbane. Yeah. So they'll be more confident coming into the game. But Geelong have an incredible fourth line. Yeah. So De- Harris Andrews, last week played on Tom Lynch. This week played on, you know, Ben Brown. Next week, to- either Tom Hawkins or Jeremy Cameron. It's not a it's not an easy three-week run for him, but he's in some really good form. So I'm really looking forward to that mm-hmm. matchup. I, I cannot wait. I think it's going to be a great match. They're going to be full of belief. Yeah. Full of belief and... Uh, we will be here next week if Brisbane win and we'll be celebrating. That's when you'll hear from us next, Brisbane fans. Um, so let's keep an eye on that. Let's bask in this victory just for one more moment. Go Lions! <laughs>